Hey y'all. So when it comes to bodies, weight loss is not really something that I'm pursuing right now. But as you know, one of Vanessa's family members has been taking a GLP-1 medication and it's worked really well for him. So if that is part of your journey, you should check out the Roe Body Program. Roe provides access to the most popular weight loss shots on the market. Roe's partner handles all the insurance paperwork to help get the medication covered. If eligible for medication, patients have access to their provider on demand for any questions. Go to ro.co slash infamous. Sign up today and you'll pay just $99 for your first month and $145 a month after that. Medication costs are separate. That's ro.co slash infamous. Campsite Media. One day when I was working for Forbes, I opened my mail and there was a large square envelope. I opened it eagerly because inside was one of the most coveted fashion show invites of all time. It's like performing in front of the whole world watching. 47 supermodels converging for what might easily be considered the Super Bowl of fashion. You know the fashion show I'm talking about. The one where models with impossible abs and big bouncy blowouts strut down the runway in nothing more than underwear and angel wings. Okay, everybody, portrait of an angel next, stand by. For a model, becoming a Victoria's Secret angel is one of the highest honors and highest paychecks they can earn. The Victoria's Secret fashion show has truly become a global phenomenon. It's the most watched fashion event in the world, seen in 192 countries. Victoria's Secret. Inside, people were milling about, sipping champagne, and then at some point, I guess we were all ushered to our seats where, in true fashion show fashion, we waited. In case you didn't know, fashion shows basically always start late, which gave me plenty of time to look around the room. It was a big dark hall, split in two by a long white catwalk. And it was huge. At one end, near me, photographers were huddled in preparation to catch the models as they posed. My 2,000 or so fellow attendees were sitting in what basically amounted to bleachers with the most important people closest to the catwalk. I spotted Kris Jenner in the front row next to 90s male model Tyson Beckford. Me? I was sitting near the back, way past Questlove, behind Magic Johnson's daughter, and right next to a woman who was friends with the organizer. Then, 45 minutes later than scheduled, the lights dimmed and the show started. Kendall Jenner came out in a red corset and red underwear, her wrists stacked with gold bangles and a blue cape wafting behind her. There was a model who at the time was part of Taylor Swift's girl squad. There was Adriana Lima, the grand dame of Victoria's Secret. She's the one with the very blue eyes and long brown hair. She was striding down the runway in a pink Swarovski crystal encrusted bra. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome The Weeknd. There were butterflies and sexy snowboarding outfits and sporty surfer looks, and of course, angel wings. Every angel was a walking catalog for Victoria's Secret, the brand. But Victoria's Secret, the brand, was about to be destroyed by a scandal involving Jeffrey Epstein, changing beauty standards, and the death of America's malls. So obviously, 
This is a story we needed to cover for Infamous. From Sony Music Entertainment and Campside Media, this is Infamous, and I'm Natalie Robomed. I'm Vanessa Grigoriadis. In this episode, we're talking all about Victoria's Secret and the scandal that befell it. Yes, very, very juicy. I mean, I am a little bit jealous that you got to go to a Victoria's Secret fashion show because I never went to one. (laughs) It's definitely one of the weirder invites I've had in my time. I also got to go backstage where they sort of like led reporters around while all these models were in satin pink robes getting their hair and makeup done. I literally stood behind Kendall Jenner as she scrolled Instagram with curlers in, which is something I'll never forget. Instagram is super important to me. It's a way that I let people into my life and show them what I'm doing. Ugh. (laughs) Kendall Jenner is definitely into Instagram. I mean, I can report that that's a fact. Yeah, and I, you know, I guess our younger listeners might not really get it, but I cannot overemphasize how much of a thing the Victoria's Secret fashion show was. But you don't need me to tell you all this because, Vanessa, you actually made an entire series about Victoria's Secret. Yes, that is true. (laughs) Tell me about it. (laughs) Okay, well, it's called Fallen Angel. You can find it wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, This is not an ad. But, yes, I made this show with another magazine writer, Justine Harmon, who knows an awful lot about Victoria's Secret, and you'll hear from her in a minute. We found out some pretty incredible things in the course of reporting that documentary series. We dove into the connection between Victoria's Secret owner, Les Wexner, and his money manager, Jeffrey Epstein. Jeffrey Epstein? like Yes, the— That Jeffrey Epstein? That's right, the Jeffrey Epstein. He, you know, was never employed by Victoria's Secret, but they were close. Um, Wow. Justine and I also talked to former Victoria's Secret angels themselves. Oh, my God. Fascinating. Yeah. They told us the sort of horrible things they had to do to actually get into angel shape. And we found out that the first Victoria's Secret store was actually started by a guy named Roy Raymond, who no one has ever heard of. All right. Well, as the resident Victoria's Secret fashion show attendee, I am dying to hear more. Uh, Take it away. So you had more of a connection than I did to this brand when you were younger. I grew up in New York City, and I didn't go to a mall until I was probably 12 or 13. I remember my mom driving me to Paramus, New Jersey, to visit my (laughs) grandmother, and we went to the mall there, and it was, like, exciting. I was like, what's the Cheesecake Factory? Tell me how you grew up with brand. Well, the mall thing is totally clutch. I'm from (laughs) Washington, D.C., and so we would go and spend enormous amounts of time at the mall, Montgomery Mall in Maryland. And, you know, you would walk in at the food court, all of the smells and the sounds and everything's the same. But there was always corners of the mall where all your favorite stores were sort of huddled. And Victoria's Secret was, I think it was next to the Abercrombie, which makes sense because the same parent company. And then across from PacSun and then downstairs were Arden B and BB or Bebe, I don't know how, where <laughs> Nor you're do from. I, yeah. I've never known. I think I called it Bebe. And that was sort of my loop. So mm-hmm. I would go around to my stores. And there was a Contempo Casuals, too. Oh, oh um, God, Contempo Casuals. Which I was really R. hot R. for. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I would go around, and I would try things on, and then I would put things on hold if that was allowed. Mm. And if that wasn't allowed, I would hide things 
really thinking that someone was coming for my 32A <laughs> bra, you know, that they have 6,000 of. But I right. was so, I was in a fever pitch. I would have 30 or $40, whatever I had, and I'd really have to make a decision. And I would spend all day agonizing, which is so different than how we shop now. You oh double click God. and you're like, well, if I don't like it, I'll just bring it back. But Right, exactly. And you forgot it. By the time it arrives at your house, you forgot You're you kind of proud of yourself that you even <laughs> had it in you. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but wait, how old are you when this is happening? Like 14, 15. I mean, the mall is pretty safe. You're in it. You're not leaving. Your parents dropped you off there, which still now I feel like it doesn't feel as safe as it sounded or felt to me. But you were there for a really a long amount of time. And so you had to find ways to entertain yourself. We would go to like Hammaker Schlemmer and use the <laughs> massage chairs, yeah. get a tiny bag of candy from the candy. I would walk around dipping my hand in milk chocolate candy <laughs> and then going to all these stores. But were there also people doing pop shows in the center of the mall? Would there no. be like a 14-year-old? Oh, okay, I see you're conflating <laughs> mall experiences. I think that may have happened. There were other, you know, there was a movie theater. There was a, an arcade. I feel like those were just money burners, though. Right. So I wasn't just going to be feeding my cash into an arcade. That wasn't worth it to me. There was a tux rental shop. I had to go back to the same <laughs> mall to get my prom date's tux. Mm-hmm. I don't know why he wasn't doing that. <laughs> but yeah, it was the epicenter of my life. It is not an understatement. I remember going to babysitting jobs with all of these bags from the mall. The parents must have been like, hi, like, do you need this job? Or are you just like... A pers- did you have a credit card or did no, you have a, just no, cash? No, that was okay. the issue. Okay, well, it's twofold. I would have cash mostly. But sometimes my mom would give me her card with strict instructions. And some of these places like Art and B and Bebe, at some points they would take a note, mm-hmm. but then at other points they wouldn't take a note from your parents. So you would like <laughs> come up with the card just hoping they would let you buy it. Most of the time they'd be like, ah. <laughs> But I think because I was so young. I was right. so young. Right. No one trusted that I could have. Yeah, it was It was a different time. And so Victoria's Secret, what was the experience of going in there? I mean, it's pretty racy. Yeah, but I liked that. <laughs> <laughs> I liked that a lot. I thought it felt like getting exposure to something that I wasn't going to – it was accessible in a way mm-hmm. that other things that looked and smelled like that probably weren't for me at the time. So the Victoria's Secret, I really liked – They had this one-cent pear glacé. I haven't smelled it in a while, but if you like it too, you're probably – you can smell it in your brain. What is that? It was like a spray. I used to try Mm -hmm. to use it to cover up the cigarette smoke. I was also smoking (laughs) prodigiously at the time. Um, As one does. It didn't work (laughs) Don't smoke. Nobody should smoke. We're not advocating smoking. This – when combined with the pear glacé, the <laughs> scent is so detectable that parents within a 10-mile radius are like, that teen's been smoking. But <laughs> it smells like, I mean, there were notes in it that I obviously thought smelled nice, but it mm-hmm. mostly just smelled sweet, uh, sticky, and it had this little bend to it, though. I, I really can smell it in my brain right now. It's hard to explain. But the store was heavily fragranced, and... In the front, if, if you're at a good Victoria's Secret and it's merchandised, was usually like where the panties were. I think there was always this five for 25 promotion that really was within the realms of what was possible. And then the walls would be lined with really crazy colored bras with so much padding, thick hockey puck padding. Remember? Like mm-hmm. you could like take it out and there would still be more padding. <laughs> Um, and yeah. I do feel like I went into a store at some point and someone looked at me like, you're too young to be in here. And that sucked. But for the most part, people were comfortable with young girls exploring. You were allowed. 
Yeah, you are allowed. But I mm-hmm. think maybe that was that person sort of being like, it's too soon for you. Like, right, be free. Right, right. I don't know. <laughs> that may not have happened. But I always generally felt pretty comfortable there, just as like a woman or a woman to be. So back then, a third of lingerie bought in the U.S. was Victoria's Secret, which is insane to me. I mean, you know, my first bra, I remember my mom taking me to some horrific department store, and it was tan, and it was almost like a sports bra or something no, like my, that. No, they, like, couldn't find one. I was, I remember <laughs> mine was a, it was a training bra, but it had not, it didn't have any underwire. It was just sort of like a short shirt. And my mom was like, are you happy? And yeah. I was like, I'm in hell. <laughs> that was basically what you got, you yeah. know? And then suddenly there was Victoria's Secret. And so Victoria's Secret was started by this guy, Les Wexner, who was the Merlin of the mall, who basically created retail as a fun experience in America the way that Ray Kroc uh, created fast food as a fun experience with McDonald's. He created The Limited, which people who are around in the 80s know as, I don't know, the J. Crew of that time or something, I guess you could describe it. And he was just really, really early on global commerce. So he knew that, you know, you could have a place in Hong Kong that was churning out all these trendy styles. And then he would get it to go straight to Columbus, Ohio, which is where he was from and where he insisted he was going to build his business. And these plane loads, like cargo planes, would come in and land there and they'd unpack the stuff. And within three or four days, all these trendy clothes would have gone to the stores. So it was basically like Zara 30, 40, 50 years before Zara. And so the story goes that he went on a trip to San Francisco, right? And he meets this guy and he goes into his store and and is like, I must have this lingerie store. The guy has a lingerie store that he's never seen before, something like that. Yeah, I think the girls who worked for him had gone and were all a titter. Yeah. A Twitter. A Twitter. (laughs) A Twitter. (laughs) They had seen, but he, Roy Raymond, was a man with a vision and he... Remember, he hand-dyed some of the garments to get them, like, that perfect fuchsia or, like, yeah. he was really something. His store, if I recall, mm-hmm. was, like, a beautiful colonial, the yeah. floor level of a colonial. So already it's pretty upscale. Mm-hmm. And I think he did it to the nines. Like I think what we're looking at now at the mall and the brand, like, that's a derivative from what was actually a pretty novel idea, which was this lovely, inviting place for women and the men who love women to come in and— shake off the stigma of wanting beautiful undergarments and really spend time in a place specifically devoted to that. Yeah, it was like a boudoir, basically, yeah. right? And it had Tiffany lamps. And yes. if you look at the early Victoria's Secret, women had little curly, tendrily things around their faces right. and long hair. They were almost Botticelli-like. So he had just had this small store in San Francisco. Wexner decides who owned the Limited and all this stuff to go check it out and comes up with the idea of essentially doing a mass lingerie brand, which, again, did not exist. And I remember saying that every, all the women I know wear underwear most of the time. All of the women I know would like to wear lingerie all of the time. And I'm just driving, driving down the highway, laughing my butt off and thinking what a funny thought that is. What's the difference between lingerie and underwear? Lingerie has emotional content. You know, men wear underwear, women wear underwear, but lingerie is, you know. And so I said, I I wonder why no one's done that. And then he, like, (laughs) laughed to himself, like, this is some amazing revelation. But in fact, it was because underwear exists for sure. But there's no interest. There's no peaked anything. It's just clothing. But the idea of a little secret under your clothing, it's smart. I mean, it really, he 
really found something that no one else was making because of this country's puritanical roots. <laughs> I'm sure in France. Well, definitely in France. I <laughs> this mean, existed. So basically, his idea is like the 80s power-suited woman would have this little feminine yeah. side to her under her clothes. Every woman would have this versus just the women who get to travel to Europe because they work as fashion merchandisers right. and they get lingerie there. Because all American women were stuck either. You know, there was like Fredericks of Hollywood if you wanted to be a dominatrix. But there was no like But there's you and me going pretty. into Macy's with our mom. Yeah, it was Macy's. It blows up that moment and it makes it far less embarrassing. Right, exactly. Now, you could also argue that a lot of that lingerie was extremely uncomfortable and part of what the last mm-hmm. few years have been about right. in terms of giving women different <laughs> options was like, maybe we do want to go back to that half shirt. Maybe yeah. that wasn't so bad. A bralette is basically just like— I think that's Victoria's <laughs> Secret's bestseller now. I mean, it is true. I, I was so young that I was fully prepared to do whatever it took. So discomfort, bring it on. Like, the whole world was uncomfortable. What's one more thing? Back in the 90s, Pepsi and Coca-Cola were in a heated race to try and win loyal customers by any means necessary. But when Pepsi launched an ambitious promotion that encouraged people to buy Pepsi and redeem points for prizes, they overlooked their own fine print in a major way. On each episode of Wondery's podcast, The Big Flop, comedians join host Misha Brown to chronicle one of the biggest pop culture fails of all time and try to answer the age-old question. Who thought this was a good idea? Like, who at Pepsi thought it would be a good idea to advertise that people could earn enough points to redeem a military jet as a prize? When they launched their Pepsi points system, they never imagined somebody might actually try to snag it. But a 23-year-old did, and suddenly, Pepsi owed him a jet. Follow The Big Flop on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen to The Big Flop early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. Anybody who has a sibling knows that sibling fights are unavoidable. But what if every fight you had was under a microscope, on a global scale? That's the reality for brothers Prince Harry and Prince William. They'd been each other's closest friends and allies since the death of their mother. But that all began to crack as they married and took wildly different approaches to their royal duties. Wandry's podcast, Disintel, is hosted by comedians Sidney Battle and Matt Belisai. Each episode unpacks one of pop culture's most iconic celebrity feuds, and they recently took a deeper look into the real reason William vs. Harry started. It's actually much bigger than these two brothers, stretching back into the history of the British monarchy. Did their feud start with the royal family's mistreatment of Meghan Markle? Or was it something that began much earlier? Follow Dis and Tell on the Wandery app or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Infamous from Campside Media. So essentially, Wexner plugs Victoria's Secret into his international cargo plane craziness. And he starts opening these stores all over the place. He's bought Victoria's Secret from Roy Raymond, and he's going to go really big. And meanwhile, what happens to Roy Raymond? Well, Roy, I think, had, you know, it's not directly correlated, but I think he had a few not-so-great businesses after what was his crowning achievement, which was the 
idea for, I, I think he even came up with the name Victoria's Secret. The, the mm-hmm. whole premise, it was a nice little bit of IP that he sold for a song. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, when he was in his 40s, he made the decision to end his own life. So he Crazy. had, in that part, of course, has very little connection to the brand. No one ever really talks about Roy Raymond. It is the you know conundrum of business people everywhere, but someone bigger and more powerful was like, oh, that's brilliant, took it. You know, it's not causational, but it does beg right. the question, like, how much did he resent or have difficulty with the success of this company right, that exactly. he started? And, and it does become very successful. So basically, through the 80s and 90s, it's just getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And they have this muse in the company. And the muse is named Victoria, right? And they have actually this story that goes along with Victoria, which is pretty hilarious, just so everybody is like focused on the kind of woman they're trying to have other women aspire to be. And Victoria is a British woman. She's in her 30s. She's married to a barrister. And her mother, who was French died in a car crash. And in order to honor her mother, she has decided to open like a little lingerie store. And so she's British and French. And, you know, Victoria's Secret would even have catalogs where it would say like Victoria's Secret London, even though they didn't even have an office in London. Which is smart. (laughs) So they had this idea that it was this, yeah, it was smart, this very elegant. Campside London. Yeah, (laughs) Campside London way. You know, this elegant woman was what they were putting in the world. And then they also have this idea of making these angels. And suddenly they've got supermodels walking around with wings. And everything in the early 2000s starts to get more and more and more bombastic and commercial. And the women are getting skinnier and skinnier, the models. And the wings are, I mean, at some point, Heidi Klum had 12-foot tall wings. Well, she got the biggest wing. Because <laughs> she wanted to stand she, out the most. Remember we, I remember interviewing the wing maker. That was such <laughs> a was fun so, thing yeah. to do. But yeah, she would come out and see the other wings and go back in and say, no, bigger. Right. I need bigger and bigger and bigger ones. Yeah. That's sort of when Victoria's Secret is everywhere, but also there's weird stuff going on there. But when you were In college at a sorority, you didn't know that, right? Like, what would happen when the Victoria's Secret show would come on? So in college, my freshman year, I do remember this really well. I wasn't in a sorority yet, and I did join a sorority, but then I also quit the sorority. So (laughs) I didn't need a sorority to have feelings about the Victoria's Secret show. So (laughs) I remember sitting in my friend Caitlin's room. She had bunk beds. And I was sitting there with my two best girlfriends at that point. They had really wanted to watch the show. Tyra Banks, Heidi Klum, Giselle Bunchen, Adriana, Helena Christensen, Alessandra, and all those girls who are all strong women who have something to say. Empowering, strong, fierce, sexy, iconic. The wings. It was this whole idea that we were going, oh my God, you know, this, the marketing that it was the Super Bowl for women had worked on them. I was more ambivalent. I, it didn't make me feel great to watch women with, you know, quote unquote, perfect bodies. That I'm five foot two. Like, mm-hmm. that's not what I look like. Also, I am into guys. So, <laughs> like, half nude women. Like, again, I don't know why this was for me, but I, I sort of gripped my teeth and watched it. But I do remember it viscerally sitting there being like, why are we watching this? Who is this serving? Mm-hmm. And I don't think it makes me better or more aware than my friends. But, you know, I'm a journalist. I'm always sort of questioning what's going on and what the implications are. But this seemingly Mm -hmm. benign moment of sitting on a bed, I can feel it. I can see it because 
it was a moment of, hmm, what is actually going on here for me? But I think my friends were like, and I guess I would do it too. Mm -hmm. We would like parcel out the body parts. Look at her abs. No, no. Look at her legs. Frankensteining the bodies, which can't be good. And also they're all wearing like top hats. Yeah, they look like clowns. But we're so young too that part of you is still a little kid. So yeah, they're dressed up like unicorns and candy cakes. And you're like, I don't know. I don't know what's happening. Right. I've always struggled with finding time to manage my finances. At the end of a busy week, the last thing I want to do is spend time budgeting all of my expenses or tracking down customer service teams to cancel old subscriptions I no longer use. But now I use Rocket Money and it does all that for me. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending and helps lower your bills so that you can grow your savings. With Rocket Money, I have full control over my subscriptions and a clear view of my expenses. I can see all my subscriptions in one place and if I see something I don't want, Rocket Money can help me cancel it with just a few taps. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has saved a total of $500 million in canceled subscriptions, saving members up to $740 a year when using all of the app's features. Stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com infamous. That's rocketmoney.com infamous. Rocketmoney.com infamous. Welcome to True Spies. The podcast that takes you deep inside the greatest secret missions of all time. Suddenly out of the darkness appeared Bin Laden. You'll meet the people who live life undercover. What do they know? What are their skills? And what would you do in their position? Vengeance felt good. Seeing these people pay for what they'd done felt righteous. True Spies from Spyscape Studios. Wherever you get your podcasts. This is Infamous from Campside Media. So, in terms of scandals, Victoria's Secret is a bit of a weird one. It started out as a very forward-thinking company, but it was revealed that the founder, Les Wexner, who had become the richest man in Ohio, was not only using Jeffrey Epstein as his financial advisor, but was really, really close to him personally, too. And then the times started to change, and Victoria's Secret's va-va-voom double-padded bras weren't considered as hip as they once were. And Victoria's Secret sort of bungled their corporate messaging around supporting women. I mean, this is a company that said they supported women for years, but they didn't even make maternity bras, which feels a little off. And anyway, between Jeffrey Epstein getting arrested and Victoria's Secret's business wobbling a little bit, things were bad. And then the models started speaking out and saying that they felt that they had to really push their bodies to the limit for Victoria's Secret. Behind the scenes, a lot of those women have come out and said that they were starving themselves. Mm -hmm. And so that's what is ultimately really a tragedy of Victoria's Secret is that they were putting out this body image that even the most beautiful women in the world, even the women who were in the show, could not 
actually attain and had to do things like not drink water for a week before the show. You know, is not that, even is not that a true eat. One? I think there's well, I think Adriana <laughs> Lima. I feel like Adriana Lima said like for the 48 hours okay. before. That's messed. Um, <laughs> the, That's insane. You know, just not eat, work out multiple times a day. And we interviewed models who were like, we, I could not think. I couldn't read a book. Yeah, that's I what I operate. Bridget Malcolm, I was, I was not there. Stuck right. with me. I was so hungry. I was so hungry. I was reliant on like anti-anxiety medication to get through the night. Like, you know, I hadn't had a period in a very long time. My body wasn't working. I could barely even read a book. I didn't have a personality. I didn't feel present at all. Like I was not there. I found the bra that I wore backstage at the 2016 show. And it's a 30A. Like it's so small. I, for a start, like I didn't even know you could get bras that size. Also, whenever they bust out the fantasy bra, which had a bajillion jewels on Mm -hmm. it, which may or may not have been real, they have to act like a kid with a Christmas toy and be like, oh my God, the fantasy bra, I'm so excited to wear this. And they're really like infantilized. I don't think I've seen anything so beautiful in my life. Oh my God, it's so beautiful. (gasps) Oh my, can I touch it? Will I get, like, hit by security? It's valued at $2 million. So, you know, then the real darkness of this story is when Jeffrey Epstein is arrested, the world starts to look at who exactly funded his $550 million fortune. Yeah. And what was his business? And what they find, and particularly Vanity Fair writer Gabriel Sherman, is that... A lot of that money probably came via Les Wexner. When he died, he had a $550 plus million estate. But no one could explain where the money came from. And so as I looked into that question, I kept circling back to the only named client he had, which was the billionaire Leslie Wexner. And the more reporting I did, I realized that is the strongest link that we have to understanding this, the source of Epstein's wealth. He had general power of attorney for a while to do whatever he wanted with Wexner's money. He had really insinuated himself into the Columbus social scene. He had sort of become Wexner's best friend. And Wexner ultimately does disavow Epstein, but you can't really avoid the fact that the man who was responsible for basically changing the image of sexuality in America is extremely tied to this man who is the biggest pedophile in America. You cannot avoid that fact. CEO Les Wexner facing an onslaught of criticism for his relationship with sex offender Jeffrey Epstein. Les would go on shopping trips with Epstein and Ghislaine. Like, this was his world. And then for him to, to say after the fact, oh, I barely knew these people, it just doesn't make sense. And that ultimately brings Victoria's Secret down to a certain degree because The brand starts about five, ten years ago to have some issues in terms of other people are competing. It's not as hard to make lingerie anymore, lingerie overseas. And then just having this news break where it's like, oh, my God, what exactly happened? That really damages the image of the brand, which is already on a downswing. Yeah. And I think Les Wexner was never part of the brand's image, unlike his perhaps his counterpart at Abercrombie, who's Mm -hmm. recently been Mm -hmm. accused of grotesque things himself. But 
that guy embodied the brand with the blindingly white teeth and the tan skin, but less was intentionally removed. So I think in that way, he, I think the brand took less of a hit for the association. I think it would have been way worse if he was somehow mixed up in its DNA. But yeah, these affiliations at the top of the biggest corporations, they are an unpleasant reality in so many different segments of society. And we never really know what to do with that closeness, with that big question mark. Well, what was that relationship? What does that mean for the women who were exposed to this predator? I mean, he was at the country club. He was at the show's front row, you know, wearing a double-breasted blazer. I mean, we were able to find, you know, many women who had odd interactions with him at banquets surrounding the brand. So he was in it. I mean, after years and years and years of Victoria's Secret seemingly having Les Wexner behind the curtain, right? Yeah. Like nobody even really knew who this guy was, no. right? Then, you know, you have my daughter in a lot of teenagers love this song. That's I was like, just thinking about this song. It was made yeah. up by a dude. Yeah. I know Victoria's Secret, she was made up by a dude. dude. So now the younger kids are growing up thinking like, wow, there's something weird and creepy about Victoria's Secret. I mean, I wish I'd known. It would have saved me a lot of heartache. So basically, (laughs) Victoria's Secret spins itself off as a a public company. Stock has gone now from 80 to 16. Mm -hmm. Not a great business story. They start this crazy rebrand. They pull the whole fashion show off TV, which is sort of amazing. That Victoria's Secret shakeup. The company announcing a major rebrand saying goodbye to the famous angel models. Even storefronts will look different, featuring mannequins of different shapes and sizes. And now it's all plus-size models. It is and it isn't, though, because Bella Hadid, she is one of their spokespeople as well, and she has an amazing body, but it is not any different than the bodies that they were so heavily criticized for. And she posted something on Instagram, a tribute to the brand in a bra and underwear set, and I think it got a lot of... Feedback. So they're doing this rebrand and they just keep on trying and trying and yeah. trying to make this rebrand work, right? So like they put out this movie on Amazon a little while ago and it's like we're going all over the world to different countries to have artists and filmmakers create like a vision of womanhood oh, and no. we'll film them and Gigi <laughs> Hadid is the centerpiece and you're just like, what? You know? Well, it's really hard to, I think, have – I mean why the brand succeeded was because of its – ridiculously masculine lens. Mm -hmm. It all came through Roy and then Les Wexner's look. And so now we're trying to flip the camera, and it's very unclear what's on the other side, I think. They they basically had to do away with the idea that worked so well. And so what's left is just the inverse or the opposite, and that doesn't make sense. Well, the other question is just, I mean, I remember talking to the woman who started Third Love, and she said when she started raising money— People that she went to raise money from were like, there is no way that women are going to buy their underwear and lingerie online. And now I would say I exclusively buy my underwear and lingerie. I mean, I buy underwear when I need new underwear. But I, as someone who grew up in the thrall of Victoria's Secret, I have like three bras and I don't wash them nearly enough. (laughs) And it's just not a deal for me. Like, Why? Because you just don't want to be even part of that? No, or are you just not. like now you're just like a mom. Sp- I live in old. LA. Yeah. I wear sports bras. I wear bralettes. It's yeah. just not top of mind. Well, I'm just what I'm saying is this like the experience of going to Aerie or Victoria's Secret, that is I cannot think of anything 
less appealing other than going and playing a game of pickup basketball. I would just have no interest in going and trying those things on at a store. I mean, it's true. It's hard to get a bra that fits unless you try it on, but you can do that in the privacy of your own home and return it. I mean, that's the real disruption. All right, Justine, thank you so much for coming by. Oh, my and, gosh, it was my pleasure. Uh, talking about one of the most iconic brands and its sort of confusing fall, Victoria's Secret. Thanks for having me. Next time on Infamous, we've got a new, deeply reported story about Satan, maternal angst, and the vicissitudes of memory. We are in a spiritual battle every mm-hmm. second. Whether a Satan exists is a matter of belief. But we are certain that Satanism exists. In fact, it is reported that satanic murders are on the rise. An eyewitness said the victim, Gary Lowers, was forced to pray to Satan as he was repeatedly stabbed to death. There started to be something pretty ominous, and that was daycare is going to hurt kids for the rest of their lives. I urge you to beware the temptation of pride, the temptation of blithely uh, declaring yourselves above it all and label both sides equally at fault and thereby remove yourself from the struggle between right and wrong and good and evil. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.